You're listening to Welcome to Iloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. This is a space where we talk about bookkeeping and accounting best practices for small businesses. So fun fact about me, I actually minored in marketing in undergrad because I was told that if I majored in it, I'd have to take accounting. And I did not want to take accounting. So go figure a few years later when I started my MBA program, I did this weekend MBA program. Accounting was the very first class I took at eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning for months. Um, and it literally made me cry like so many times. It's, it made me cry so many times. So needless to say, as humans, especially as business owners, we need solid accountants to help us make strong financial decisions for our businesses. And I am so grateful that's not my job. So earlier, <laughs> earlier in 2022, I attended the Impact Workshop in Nashville and met today's guest, author, speaker, podcast host, and founder of Pi CPA, Nisha Pi. We sat right next to each other for this very intense workshop weekend, and I'm in awe of how she's embraced her story, built this amazing reputation for herself in a traditionally male-dominated industry, is popping up everywhere and is has great things to say about her book, Overcoming Ordinary Obstacles. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome to Iloma, Nisha. Thank you, Kylie. That was such an amazing intro. Thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed sitting next to you in that workshop. That was so fun. <laughs> I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, what she said. I love that you ask questions. <laughs> um, yeah. And and we just found out that we're going to see each other uh, next week again. So very yeah, exciting. for another intense workshop. I love that. Yeah. I love I love intense workshops. <laughs> well, you know, I love meeting people who love working on themselves. Yeah, I think I it's so that. important. I, think I connect with those people. Too. Yeah. So kind of talking about ourselves, but also not. <laughs> Nisha, you've built your accounting practice helping small business owners with outsourced accounting services for over a decade. So as we talk about the importance of working on ourselves and working on our businesses, I'm going to parlay this over to you and just get into nitty gritty details. Tell me a little bit what about the tell me a little bit about some of the most common mistakes you see business owners make. Well, that's a great question. I, I'd say the biggest question, and this isn't to sell my services by any means, but the the biggest the biggest mistake I see people make is not immediately, and I mean immediately getting set up properly from the legal and the financial perspective. And then as basic as getting QuickBooks. I do not get paid by QuickBooks. That's my favorite software above above the others, but getting QuickBooks online and then getting a bank account, getting an EIN, getting an LLC formation, like, like get your foundation set right. And, you know, there have been business owners that have said to me, well, I'm not making a lot of money, but I'm like, I don't care if you're bringing in a dollar and you're spending a dollar, I need you to get QuickBooks and I need you to treat yourself like you're a big company mm -hmm. right off the bat. So what, what's important about that mentality? You know, we were just talking about mindset. What's important about that mentality for business owners? Well, it's, it's almost like that quote, like dress for how you want to be perceived mm. or the job that you want. Well, get your foundation set for the kind of company you aspire to be. So if you aspire to be a million dollar company, set your foundation up as if you already are. Yes. That's, oh, I love that's that. That's really how I feel. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. 
Okay. So let's take that mentality and extrapolate upon it. So one thing I'm obsessed with is figuring out how to maximize my deductions through my business legally, of course, always legally. But what are some of the biggest opportunities you recommend small business owners explore when it comes to deductions they should be taking for their business? Because I think a lot of times, again, from this mindset standpoint, people have like trained themselves that something they they can and can't do certain things. And so hearing from an expert. Yeah. So that's a great question. I get that asked that all the time. I, let me just par- say this by saying I've seen people go into the red and then I've seen people go the opposite extreme where they're not deducting enough. And I will tell you, I'm a gray person. And ha- what I say to people is if I can stand up in a court of law and defend that expense, then I say, do it. Okay. If I can't, I will say no. And I, so unfortunately, as most of the government, the IRS is very ambiguous in their small business publication. <laughs> They're so fun that way. <laughs> to, tell fun you, game. <laughs> to tell you what is deductible. So I already have a beef about the fact that gifts are $25 per recipient. Those cheap bastards. Can I say that? I don't know if I can yeah. say that. Oh yeah, but, you can. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. This is what I say to every business owner. When you're getting ready to pay for something, I want you to think about how can this touch my business? So for example, if you're going to lunch with your friend, and your friend could potentially be a client, I would write that off as a meals expense. Business development. Business development. Um, in your field, is there something research and development related? So for my salon owners, I say to them, are you going to test new hair products? You know, Are you going to get a new haircut at some place in New York City? Um, you know, what are things in your field that, that could potentially be, be business expenses. And do they relate to your field? So for example, I couldn't write my nails off getting my nails done or my hair done or buying new clothes because I'm an accountant. So I can't say to the IRS, well, you know, I needed to have (laughs) nice nails for a presentation, but if I were in the field of beauty, right. That were my industry. I possibly could write more of these things off because I could write it off as research. I can say, hey, I want to see what it's like to get into the nail industry uh, or the hair industry um, or test a new product out. I've had people write off um, certain items of clothing for certain specific branding shoots. So if they needed, okay, okay, but like you can't like, again, that's a great area where like, let's say I had, I bought something that was just my brand colors for a specific branding shoot. I would let that slide. Right. I would argue that, you know, the IRS may or may not, but I would argue that. And, you know, the interesting thing about deductions is, you know, unless you got audited, you really can deduct whatever. But I say be reasonable. Right. Like you don't want to come up with like twenty thousand dollars of meals expense in the that year. Would, that would be a lot of dining. <laughs> okay. a lot of dining. That's a lot of dining. So be reasonable. OK, wait. so I have a question. For so, thank you for those examples for say the beauty industry. So, what about for like an uh, an IP type of company? So, like a service base. So, so coaching, consulting, accounting, something like that. What are some expenses that we probably are missing? Okay, so a big thing you're missing. Well, now that we work from home, it's becoming a little more challenging. But you know, your obvious, your obvious, which are your internet, your phone, um, home office. Mileage is a big one. Mileage is a huge one that people forget. So mileage to, you know, going to the office supply store, mileage to having lunch with somebody, mileage to doing a workshop, uh, mileage to take a trip, 
right to your to your to Nashville next week, for example. Um, those are big things people forget. Travel, right? So travel is also a great area to me because I feel like if you're going on a trip, can you incorporate some portion of your business where you are conducting business or meeting someone for business or researching the area for business and able to write a portion of that off? You know what I mean? So mm. I tell people just get creative. Yeah. Find and the document business document, document, document. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm glad. Okay. I, I got some spreadsheets to dig into after we get off. <laughs> off this call. Uh, that's very exciting. Yeah. I love this shit. I think it's so cool <laughs> and nerdy. I don't know. We work so, so hard to make money. Let's keep it, man. I mean, legally. Well, we do. And here's the thing. There's a 0. 0.001 chance you're getting audited. So I say, just be fair, be reasonable. Just, you know, I always look at it this way. Just pay into the IRS what you should be paying in. No more, no less. Yeah, that that seems fair. Yeah. Seems fair. Yeah. Okay, so now that we're talking about the importance of understanding all of these types of deductions, the importance of getting this strong, strong foundation set up, and again, not trying to necessarily pitch your services, but if it makes sense, good for you. What is What are some of the things that as a business owner is like, okay, I know I shouldn't be doing this myself. I need to find somebody to do that. I need to find an accountant. What would you tell them to say, okay, when you're looking for an accountant, these are the things you should be looking for. I always educate people on this. So number one, you know, do your research. People do not vet people these days anymore. Do your research, maybe get some references. Um, I have a trick question Ooh. that I, I have my business owners ask bookkeepers, specifically bookkeepers. Okay. And you want to ask a bookkeeper if they understand double entry accounting. Double entry accounting is debits and credits. Do they understand how to make journal entries? Debits and credits. <laughs> That's what but made me cry in my Here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with today's bookkeepers. And I use the word bookkeepers in quotes, air quotes. Yeah. Bookkeepers today mainly are data entry specialists. And when I say that, they can go into QuickBooks or Xero or any of these accounting programs. They can download your bank transactions and they can code them. They can reconcile them. That does not mean they're bookkeepers. Do they have a basic understanding of accounting, i.e. double entry counting, debits and credits, journal entries? If you understand journal entries and, and you know how to adjust inventory, how to break out interest and principal on the loan, like then I'd say, yeah, you're a bookkeeper. But if okay. you don't understand journal journal entries or debits and credits and the theory behind them, you're nothing more than a data entry specialist. Ooh, so that's okay. a question to ask. Okay. Right. To see if they understand double entry accounting. So there are different levels. So bookkeepers are at the basic. They're at the basic level. Then there's an accountant. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me just ask. Yes. So, so if we were to hire a bookkeeper, what are some things that they might do for us? They would download and code your transactions into your program, mm -hmm. i.e. like QuickBooks. So QBO, okay. Uh -huh. They would do your bank reconciliations and your credit card reconciliations monthly, which are important. They would understand how to break out your loan if you have any kind of loans with a bank, mm -hmm. a banking institution, like knowing how to break out your principal and your interest, which go on two separate financial statements. They would understand basically how to close your books and have complete financials. Okay. Now. That is a very strong bookkeeper, but that's really somebody who understands accounting. The next level is an accountant, right? And an accountant has had accounting training education, but they're not a CPA, right? They haven't taken the certification exam, whatnot, passed it. 
And then you've got the CPA and the CPA is the highest level. Now, a CPA can do all things. They can, you know, I've dabbled in taxes. I hate taxes, but I understand them. I just don't do them. I work on the financial statements and the bookkeeping. So then I hire bookkeepers under me who know how to do the transactional work, but then I, I provide the higher level. So those are the three levels. Okay. So bookkeeping, accountants, CPAs. Now, if somebody is looking at an accountant or CPA, what are additional skills or services that they could or should expect help on there? Because I think, at least I know I'm guilty of this. When we don't fully understand what we're asking, we don't necessarily- know the questions to ask. And then we assume that one thing means a different thing. And then everyone's disappointed when it wasn't the thing. Well, and that's been the biggest complaint of all the new clients I've gotten. They're like, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know that my CPA didn't do this or was supposed to do this. And what I will say to you too, I want to, and if there are any EAs that's enrolled agents listening to me, I apologize, but do not hire, do not hire an enrolled agent. An enrolled agent which is an EA, is someone who has maybe taken tax education, maybe through H&R Block or you know, through some other way, and they can do tax returns. That doesn't mean they're good at them. Also, what you're missing with an EA who prepares your tax returns is you're missing the level of accountability that a CPA would have. All right. We are bound by state boards and the national board in ethics and integrity and competency. So there's an extra layer if you go to a CPA of them being held accountable. So if you had a problem, you could go to the state board and say, hey, such and such CPA screwed me over and here's how and file a complaint. But you can't do that with an EA. You can't do that with a bookkeeper. You know, so be very careful. It's worth the extra money to go to a CPA. And I'm not saying every CPA is good out there. You know, they're not. Mm -hmm. What I am saying, though, is there's an extra level of accountability. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. And if you were doing like financial forecasting, planning, something like that, is that what something you could expect your CPA to help you with? So I, I really encourage people to ask their CPA upfront what their scope of work would be and say, you know, what do you provide? Are you providing bookkeeping? Are you providing forecasting and budgeting? Are you providing tax projections? Like, you know, ask them what they provide right? Because some CPAs just say, listen, I do your tax return and that's it. Or I give you one strategy session for taxes and prepare your return and that's it. And and you need more than that. So then you need to understand, well, is there someone that could fill in the blanks if you don't do it all? Is there someone that can help me with the bookkeeping and the financial planning and the budgeting? Because sometimes you might hire a bookkeeper and a CPA because they both do different things. Or you might hire an interim CFO, right? Like an outsourced CFO to do your forecasting budgeting, but then you've got CPA tax person who does your taxes. So really ask like, what, what is their scope and what's their lane? Because they could do different things or offer different things. That's helpful. And I will say as, as a business owner for the last number of years, I've worked with a number of different CPAs and accountants. And you, I think you just learn if this is not your space, you just learn by asking questions and you learn from That's making right. mistakes and you learn from making assumptions. And then you realize that all of your assumptions were wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's fair because, well, you, I, you know, I'm going to place more of the blame on my colleague. So my fellow CPA should be doing the explaining to you, the business owner, what it is you need and what it is they offer. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I think that would be such a dream for business owners to be like, hi, 
I'm knowledgeable in this field. I think you should, if I were you, I would do these things. I can help you with three of them. And this is what it's called to ask for help for the other things. And that's what I do. I just tell people, here's my lane and here are my resources and referrals for where I can't fill in. Yep. Dreams. And I just wish everybody did that, but you know, they don't. So samesies. (laughs) Samesies. All right, Nisha. So in this space, in the accounting and the financial space as a whole, this is traditionally a male-dominated space, like, well, many industries. What has been your experience in building such a substantial business for yourself in this type of industry? I know some people are like, oh, I haven't run into any issues. And others are like, it sucks. So what's what's your story been? Well, it's been my strength. And I'll tell you, I, I'm here in the good old boy network Bible Belt um, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I have to tell you 11 years ago, when I walked out of my, um, sexist boss who didn't give me a raise, cause I had a mom gap in my resume. Oh, wow. Yeah. I walked sure out. That's illegal, right? That <laughs> should be illegal. Like, I, wow. I, I got two months of severance and I said, you know what? I took my one big client, I Jerry Maguire out of there. And I, <laughs> show I, me the money, show me the money. And I took my one big client and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this on my own. And, um, I was tired of men and really I don't want to beat on men, but like I was tired of men here who were in the leadership positions dictating my future. So I took my one client with me. I'm like, I'm going to do this, my, do this on my own. And I remember in the early months, I had male colleagues laugh at me. They laughed at me because a, I was a work from home model, which is not heard of 11 years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they didn't understand the concept of outsourced accounting. So, you know, traditionally wow, small thinking. Yeah. Traditionally, that's more progressive, but traditionally the role is tax or audit, right? We either do taxes or we do audits, reviews, compilations. This whole sector of the small business was being neglected because I, and I saw that early on of where there's this whole sector of the small business that firms didn't want because they didn't bring them enough revenue. And I said, man, there's a whole world out there. So if I could just create a model to serve that world, I got it. And so I have been growing exponentially each year. And I remember my boss saying to me, you will never get that raise. You will never get that comparable salary out in in the real world against your peers. Wow. And I've made 10 times more in my my girl. Yeah. I've made 10 times more. And I know he sees the local news and, you know, things about me (laughs) in print, but um, I laugh. I laugh. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wrong. And the colleague who laughed at me and made fun of me for being work from home, I just thought, man, here we are in 2020 and I'm ahead of you, dude. I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. Same. I mean, yeah, we, we've always been virtual. And I, when the pandemic hit, people were like, how do you do this? It's like, well, (laughs) Well, firms are scrambling. Accounting firms are scrambling. They didn't understand because, you know, they were a traditional in office. Yeah. And if you don't have the infrastructure, if you don't have the technology adapted to allow you to do that, then you, yeah, you're very stagnant. So, so yeah, so I have built it that way and very proud of it. And I am getting so much work right now. I have to turn people away because I can't find the labor to keep up with it. That's the dream. Not a bad place to be. Right. And, um, so yeah, some, yeah, so I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. You should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so that leads me nicely into, so we, so we talk about obstacles, hey? And, My favorite uh, topic. Yeah, I hear that you uh, wrote a book called Overcoming Ordinary Obstacles. So tell me a little bit about the inspiration here. 
Yeah. So, you know, Kylie, I grew up um, very confused, angry, lack of identity here as a first-gen Indian in the South. Um, I think I held against my parents for years, like, why didn't we grow up in London or New York or some bigger city? And, you know, I always felt out of place here. And so I knew that I, I had on my heart to write a book about my journey here and how I could relate my journey to all of humanity, right? And so connect with humanity. And um, so I wrote a book, not about accounting, but about my journey um, being first. Much more gen. interesting. <laughs> and and at the end of each chapter, I asked, I, I asked specific questions because I wanted a way to not it to it not be about just me, but hey, here's my journey. Now, hey, on this topic of love or God or entrepreneurship, like parents, like, you know, let's have you answer your own questions about your life. And I had, I got the biggest surprise of this book. It did won the multicultural nonfiction award by the American book fest in 2020. Congratulations. Which was really hard. It was really hard to do according to my publisher, but my biggest surprise came with my biggest fan who was not my intended audience. My, my audience was for women and even, even more so ethnic women. Okay. And first gen ethnic women, but my biggest fan who wrote the longest review on Amazon was a white 29 year old male. And he reached out to me in the DMs and he said, you, this book changed my life. You don't know me. I'm a CPA. I'm here in Charlotte. I've been following you. You've worked with my dad before who owns a firm. And he goes, I quit my job. And I thought, Oh my God, (laughs) he goes, I quit my job. And he's like, I'm pursuing my dreams. And now he's in real estate. And I thought, Oh my God, his dad's going to hate me. And, (laughs) (laughs) and he is I keep up with him and he's so happy and he feels like his soul's purpose is coming home. And it was a reminder to me, Kylie, that we all, we all have a story to share and we need to share our story because you don't know whose life you're going to touch. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. You know, I, if I, there have been so many times in my life where it's like, I'm talking to one person and they say this just one thing and it like flips everything. And it's also just nice to know, you know, I think we're not alone, but it so often feels very lonely. Oh, hundred percent lonely. And I'm single. So, and I'm an empty, empty nester. I don't own a dog or anything. So it's like, I'm very lonely on my journey. And, you know, that's why I seek like-minded entrepreneurs as friends. And I wrote this book to heal and it, writing this book healed a big part of my whole, my life and the the holes in my heart. It made me look at my parents in a different way. It made me forgive them, forgive myself. I'm a very spiritual person. And now, so I I think that we're all just trying to find a way to connect and to Mm -hmm. love and to share our light. That's why I think I resonated so much with Jessica and simply be and how she talks about light and yeah. So, okay. So no small statement, this book can change lives. So that's amazing. (laughs) What would you like your like potential readers? What would you hope that they take away from, from overcoming ordinary obstacles, your book? I think the biggest thing that we can, that the biggest takeaway is no matter your circumstance, you can take that uh, obstacle that you're facing and turn it into an opportunity because when we hit and you know this, Kylie, when we face an obstacle, it can completely change the trajectory of our life. We can either let it take us down, 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 which I've done that, or we could be like, 
screw this. I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it an opportunity and I'm going to go around this obstacle. Yep. I love one of my mantras is uh, create your own opportunities. Like, I love it. Just do it. We, we have so much available to us now with technology and everything that, you know, we generations haven't had in the before. So I love that transforming obstacles into opportunities. That's I love it. Yeah. And, and, and being Brown in the South in the seventies was an uphill battle for me. You know, I was born in East Tennessee and probably the smallest town in Tennessee. And it, it provided a lot of obstacles for me, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to get out of this town and I'm going to make something myself because I knew that I was meant for more. And it really starts with us believing in ourselves. Don't you think like it starts with us believing ourselves first and then sharing that outwardly. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, like, I think that takes a a certain level of personal strength to find, to find that internal belief and then act upon it. What were those, I guess, what were those like inspirations, those, those things that contributed to your personal strength? My biggest personal strength was watching my dad leave everything he knew and coming on a boat, literally came on a boat, like the, you know, a typical, um, sort of storyline, like life of pie. If you've seen that movie, like he came on a boat and with a dollar in his pocket and built a family and built a life out of nothing. And his work ethic and his determination is what sat with him. Like, I'm not going to turn his opportunity into vain and do nothing with my life. Like he gave me this amazing life. I'm born in the United States of America. I could have been born in India. Right. And I'm like, he gave me an education and I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw that away. So that was my biggest inspiration of like, I want to be more, I want to do more. Like I want to leave a legacy. I don't want to just live and then die. I want to be like, you know, going through the motions and then we die. Like, what's the point? Yeah. What is the legacy you want to leave? I want to touch as many lives as possible. And I want to show my son and future generations that I was somebody I was somebody that I, and not from a fame fortune perspective, but somebody who was pushing the needle forward and changing lives. I love it. Nisha, we were talking a little bit earlier about this very personal experience with the concept of success. And now as you know, we're talking about the legacies we want to build. I've been doing a lot of work and research around defining success for ourselves, especially as women. How would you define success for yourself? That's such a great question. I love that question. For me, success is touching as many lives as I can in this world, which I just said, living the kind of life I want, which means, you know, being able to spend time with family and friends. And so work-life balance, I don't know if we call it work-life balance, but, you know, like being able to have the time to spend with family and friends and enjoy it. Travel. Oh my God. I want to have the money to travel and feel comfortable with that. And I just, you know, I just want to be comfortable in life. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly like, you know, scrapping or scraping. And I think those are the things that define it. But if I can touch lives on a daily basis and make money doing it, that's success to me. I love it. So as an entrepreneur and as somebody who's built their their career and their business in this space, we talk about changing lives and touching lives and and mattering, Right. So talk to me a little bit about what is, what the greatest insight you, greatest insight or discovery you found between life and entrepreneurship. The Oh, that is an interesting question. I've never heard that. Greatest that insight way. or discovery mm-hmm. between life and entrepreneurship. 
I think the greatest discovery are two things. One is if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody would be doing it. And that it takes massive resilience and strength to be an entrepreneur, just like it takes that resilience and strength to go through life. And so they're parallel in a way to me, right? Going through life and its obstacles is no different than going through entrepreneurship and its obstacles. You will deal with an obstacle almost daily. Yeah. I love that. I just was reading this book and this quote popped out. The quote was, life's a brawl, fight for what you want. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, ooh. I like to tell people that the world is for all of us. The world is for all of us. So, you know, go after, go after what you want. Get it. Get it. Go get it. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get it if you can name it. That's right. Name it. So there's no one that's better than anybody else. Everybody has the same opportunity to be able to go after it. Mm-hmm. We might be in different socioeconomic levels, or we might be in different places in life, but the world is for all of us to take. Yes. You just got to be hungry for it. Go get it. Grab a fork. <laughs> Grab a fork. I love it. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Nisha, thank you so much for sharing your time, your expertise, your energy, your light. I so, so appreciate this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love, I love to, the opportunity and the platform to, to chat. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And for all of our listeners who become obsessed with you and, and want to get in touch in a very healthy, normal way, um, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, I am a big Instagrammer, as you know, at Nisha Pai, N-E-S-H-A-P-A-I. Um, I'm going through a website rehaul. So that will be nishapai.com. Also, if you want to get my book, it's on Amazon, Overcoming Ordinary Obstacles. I would appreciate it. And if you do get my book and you love it, I would love a review on Amazon. And if you don't absolutely love it, just tell your friends to in love fact, it. In fact, Kylie, <laughs> in fact, I would love to give a book away to one of your listeners. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so however you want to do that. Well, thank you so much. We will have a lucky listener that will get their their free complimentary copy of Overcoming Ordinary Obstacles. Thank you so much, Nisha. That's very kind. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure um, for all of our listeners. If you've enjoyed your time here, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll see you next time. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.